0: This is our number two. It's time for the fastest 15 minutes in the news. This is Dory's fastest 15. Oh, it's World of News in a tidy little 15 minute package just for you. Welcome. To our fastest 15 coming up right after the bottom of the hour news. Brandi Cruz is going to come by for not one, but two blockbuster, jam-packed, entertaining, news-providing segments. Brandi Cruz from 1.30 to 2 o'clock this afternoon. But uh, between now and then, we gotta, we got a fastest 15 that we got to get to here. And there's a story that you sent, Nicole. Because we're finding out more and more about alternative treatments to, you know, the COVID vaccine or even the ivermectin and some of the other stuff that the doctors were giving out. But this one, is it inspired a, a, a memory in me. So, uh, do you want to hear the memory before I tell the, the product story? Well, I you think
1: now. you should say what led to the memory.
0: Well, okay. So uh a brand new study this is dot uh, clinicaltrials.gov this is a government agency it's
1: from the they, university of uh, Louisville.
0: Yes. And they have deemed in a study that one medication that may be helping people with covid get through covid is peptobismol. That's a oldie but goodie. Right. Never, You ever take Pepto-Bismol? Oh, yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Pepto-Bismol, I remember it was big when I was a kid. I didn't remember if it was so big when you were a kid. Oh. But um, you want to hear my Pepto? I have a Pepto-Bismol story.
1: Yes, of course, I do.
0: Okay. This is from when I was one year old. And I know you don't believe this, but I, I vividly remember this. So I couldn't quite talk when I was one years old. Or one year old. Uh, I, I was not quite. I, th- I think started talking late in my one year old uh, first. I guess my second year, one year old year, right before my second birthday, I started talking okay. But like a lot of kids back in the '60s, especially since I didn't have a dad around, uh, I I was brought up by the television, and I, I would watch a ridiculous amount of television and. I wasn't going to school yet, so I'd watch television You know, pretty much from morning till night. And my mom might be in the kitchen preparing dinner, uh, you know, and we'd do stuff. But I was a, very much a child of television. Mm-hmm. And so I saw something on television once, and I couldn't quite speak yet. But I just, I, I was fascinated by it. I was obsessed by it. And I was trying to tell my mom about it. And and uh, you know, she, she said, "What what is it?" And I said, "Babbo Wimbo, Babbo Wimbo," and I kept saying Babbo Wimbo over and over again, and, uh, and and it became a multi-day obsession, and I just kept saying Babbo Wimbo, Babbo Wimbo, and my mom was asking; she was trying to ask me questions because I could answer yes or no then, and she was trying to get. Figure out what is this babble wimmo. And then one day she's in the kitchen cutting something on the cutting board. I'm watching, you know, like Brakeman Bill or JP Patches. It was in the afternoon. And all of a sudden, this commercial, this very commercial, Came out as a cartoon commercial.
1: Here's what their darlings need. Pepto-Bismol, the good
0: tasting medicine with coating action. The same coating action that coats inside the bottle works way down in the tummy to soothe tummy trouble. Okay, so they're two little kids, kind of a Hansel and Gretel type kids, and the grandma's talking. If you've ever seen the Warner Brothers, uh, Hansel and Gretel. Uh, Cartoons. It looks kind of like those characters. So, uh, so I go running into the kitchen and yell at my mom, "Babbo, wimbo, Babbo, wimbo, Babbo, wimbo!" And she comes running in to see it was Pepto Bismol. That's what Babbo Wimble was. It was Pepto Bismol. (laughs) Well, that's adorable.
1: And you were yeah. asking for it because you had a stomach ache, or? No,
0: I just liked the cartoon in the commercial, even though, as you pointed out, when I sent you this commercial this morning, it's very disturbing commercial at the end. So right. uh, let me back it up just a few seconds here. Action. The same coating action that coats inside the bottle works way down in the tummy to soothe tummy trouble. Well we didn't got the spanking. But we did got the voice. Smart Alex. Now you get some of our medicine. There's all kinds of medicine for So so little boys when we didn't get a spanking. And then Dad or grandpa or whoever he is. Oh, smart Alex, you're gonna get it now. And the commercial ends with the two kids over their knees getting their butts whooped.
1: I saw them, I, that would never fly. Obviously, today, of course
0: not. That's not how you sell baba wimmo. Right?
1: They were in trouble for eating pies. The t- pies gave them a stomach ache, so she made their stomach feel better, and then they got spanking for the pie eating. I yeah. Know, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, yeah. We cut off the first thirty yeah. seconds because it's too much. But but yeah, the kids ate pies, feeling upset, need a little babbo wimmo to soothe things. But then they, <laughs> I mean, and they're not just love taps. They're they're. Beaten on these kids at the end of this Spanking. but we did got to fight. smart alex now you get some of all medicine there's all kinds of medicine for the kids but when it comes to tummy trouble give out with the good tasting one pink peptobismol. pink babo Wimmo. there's all kinds of medicine for the so they're suggesting yeah there's the babo Wimmo, and we'll whoop your butt that's that how do you like that medicine now, those were different times back then, weren't they? They
1: really were. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that was in the 60s, but I think it was still like that in the 80s. Pretty nah, close. No, not
0: smacking kids.
1: Well, spankings were still definitely a thing in the 80s. Yeah. They were in phasing the, out, I suppose.
0: I remember, i I don't know if it was ever used, but when I was at James Monroe Jr. High School, uh, the gym teacher... He had this paddle, and he would always show, I think every gym teacher in America had one of these paddles, and they had drilled holes in the paddle, supposedly to make it more aerodynamic so they could get more speed when they would whoop a kid's butt with the paddle. And I don't know if he ever used the paddle, uh, the gym teacher, James Monroe, but what I do know is we we played Duck, Duck, Goose in gym, and he had a huge, like, size 14 Converse all-star tennis show. And when you were chasing, when you'd finally go uh, goose and you'd chase the kid around the circle, uh, the gym teacher, was, he, you know, he was like all gym teachers back then, he was kind of a frustrated, small college football player who couldn't, Go on to play sports for a living. So they become gym teachers. They were all, a lot of them were really frustrated and they would take their frustration out on the kids. So we'd play Duck Duck Goose. And when he was chasing the kids around the circle, he'd have this huge Converse tennis shoe and he would just swing it and smack and hit the kids' butts as hard as he could. And it was, can you imagine if a teacher did that today?
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Man. Man:
1: I mean, you might have some kids that were well-behaved, more so yeah, than they are now, see, but
0: I was exempt because I was, uh, I, was, I was three years younger than all my classmates, so he knew that he couldn't pick on me, because you know, in seventh grade, all the kids in gym class were 12, and I was nine, and so he, he knew it would be really bad you know, form. If he chased me around, smacking me as the smallest kid, smacking me <laughs> as hard as he could with this <laughs> this tennis show. But uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you one more story about this Jim T. What?
1: It's crazy. I know. The
0: difference uh, in- one more story about him. So he, he was a small, uh, like a I don't know, central Washington or Eastern Washington University. He was a quarterback. And so on the last day of the quarter semester, He'd have all the gym kids go out onto the playground, which was, you know, concrete at, you know, Seattle public schools at the time. And he would, he had a football, and he would throw it as high as he could up in the air. And he had a great arm as a small college quarterback. And if any kid could catch the football, they'd automatically get an A for the quarter, which isn't very fair, but that was his deal because he wanted to go and show off his arm And so uh, I think he was going to throw it three times. And the first time, a bunch of kids battled for it, and it fell to the ground because it was was coming from quite a height. And then the second one fell to the ground. And understand, there's this mass of about 20 kids, 20 boys – Together, they're like uh, penguins in Antarctica, just huddled together, waiting for that football to come down. Well, again, I'm so much smaller than all of them. I'm just standing way off to the side. I'm not in the midst of the group of 20. And on the the true story, third throw, heaves it as high as he can in the air, About three boys go up with their hands up. It bounces off all of their hands, comes right to me, and I got it. Just like you know, a hail mary wow. sometimes ends up in the end, mm-hmm. and I caught it. And I was thinking, well, that probably doesn't count. It's off the other guy's hands. So I'm looking around, and he starts waving me down. And I remember I put the football up in the air and sprinted down the playground and uh, locked in my A for the quarter because I was the only one to catch the football that that quarter at James Monroe Junior High School. It's exciting times, nice. man. Those are exciting. Wow. Yeah. Special. You know celebrating.
1: Oh, how'd you celebrate?
0: Had a little babble wimble that night.
1: <laughs> but can we just say why is nobody covering that Pepno Bismol can help you get rid of COVID faster?
0: Because the pharmaceutical companies can't make money off of that.
1: Why well, not? This is a Procter and Gamble, so that's not the That's who's behind Pepno. But
0: Yeah. Pepno- but they they aren't uh, Moderna and Pfizer. Right. Moderna and Pfizer they want the hundreds of billions and they get reimbursed whatever it is like 10 20 30 bucks for every injection that's administered uh, you know shot a pepto of babalwimo uh, and it's over the counter you don't you cut out the medical community you cut out the pharmaceutical industry so yeah they want to keep this kind of quiet but uh, but yes they say that uh, that uh, stool frequency And bowel movements per day improved (laughs) for COVID patients who were treated with uh, Babawima.
1: I was thinking we could just generalize it, say, hey, it helps you get rid of the infection faster.
0: Yeah. Yes, agree. We don't have to go into details. Well, you know what? We have a great relationship with our listeners, and we don't have to hide anything from them. (laughs) Okay, uh, next up in the Fastest 15, This is one of the crazier sound bites that I've heard in a long, long time. Uh, Gary Bettman is the commissioner of the National Hockey League. And he was doing some diversity, equity, and inclusion thing. And he has explained how he wants the NHL to become more diverse. Listen to this. Looking at the hockey landscape in five years, what does progress look like to both of you? Commissioner Bevan to me, to to me, progress looks like uh, that we become more reflective of the communities in which our teams play; that there are more black players of both sexes, players of color of both sexes, and that we are more diverse than we've been. What? OK, so the NHL, which is in a variety of markets and, you know, they've they've they're in Atlanta and Los Angeles. They're in some very diverse communities. They're also in Winnipeg and Calgary and, and Toronto and Montreal, which aren't as diverse. But Gary Bettman says that his goal is to have more black players in the NHL. Fine. If you can expand the game into the black community and, and black players want to play hockey. Fantastic. But then he said, we want more black players of both genders. So so you believe that women can compete on ice against the greatest men hockey players on the planet? Because that's insane. And and then he said, uh, and people of color of both genders. And then the other question that comes to mind, can you imagine if the NBA commissioner said this? Because the NBA is, is about 85% black players. And the NBA, like the, the NHL, is not representative of the cities in which they compete. Because the NHL has too many white players. So he wants more black players. Well, the NBA isn't representative of the cities in which they compete. Because none of those cities are 85% black. Can you imagine if the NBA commissioner came out and said, yeah, one of my goals in the next several years is uh, we want more white guys in the NBA. Uh, not just white guys. We want more white people of both genders in the NBA. Uh, I mean, that would be insane for a, a commissioner. Everybody would call it Racist. Everybody would say that it's just this nonsense virtue signaling that doesn't signal anything except the mental illness of how desperately people want social justice accolades. But yeah, the NHL commissioner, he wants more black men and women to play in the NHL. Commissioner Bevan, to me to to me, progress looks like uh, that we become more reflective of the communities in which our teams play, that there are more black players of both sexes, players of color of both sexes, and that we are more diverse than we've been. <laughs> they want more women in the NHL. Yeah. Okay. That. That'll work out great. That'll work out fantastically well from a competitive balance standpoint. All right, that is your Fastest 15. This has been the Fastest 15 Minutes in the News. Fast, 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 stories, Fastest 15. You give us 15 minutes, we'll give you the world. Okay, uh, we're going to check the news for you here at the bottom of the hour. And then, Brandi Cruz, she and I have a bunch of stories that we're both quite passionate about. This week, and we're going to hash it all out in the next half hour here on the Dory Monson Show. It is Thursday afternoon, one of the best days of the week, in part because we get to visit with our little buddy, Brandy Crows. You can see her work at patreon.com slash undivided, and she joins us here on the Dory Monson Show. Good afternoon, Brandy.
2: Hello. Did you call me your little
0: buddy? I'm a little buddy. That's what the skipper would call Gilligan. I'm fine with
2: that.
0: Why not? So you and I have both uh, covered rather extensively what's happening at Western State Hospital, which was in such disrepair as our state's mental hospital, that uh, it was decertified under Jay Inslee's leadership, and they hired a rather interesting employee i talked about this ad nauseum yesterday but tell my listeners because you talked to the tacoma news tribune reporter who did a great job on this story but uh tell us all about this employee they hired
2: well, it's just wild. <laughs> you know, I did this. I talked about it on my show on Monday because, as you said, I had Sean Robinson on the Undivided podcast who uh, broke the story for the Tacoma News Tribune and did a great job. And then I had to talk about it again on Wednesday because I spent all Tuesday stewing over it and realized I wasn't angry enough about it on Monday. Yeah, This guy's name was Mark James, and he was a 22-time felon when the state of Washington hired him to work with vulnerable, mentally disabled patients at Western State. Right. And- The state was fully aware of his criminal history. And, you know, I think one of the other things to point out is it wasn't as if this was a criminal history that was way, way behind him. This was a lifelong uh, criminal record that led to 22 felony convictions. And as the News Tribune pointed out, this guy had pending felony convictions. Here he is. He gets hired at forty two thousand dollars. Um, he's got 22 convictions. While he's employed, he gets five more felony convictions in Oregon. And Mm -hmm. his supervisor, as I'm sure you talked about, writes a letter to the court on his behalf. So 27 felony convictions, five of them while in the employ of the state. Meanwhile, he got a raise, ended up making $120,000 a year.
0: Not only that, but along with now 27 felonies, which just mind blowing. And as you said, as Sean Robinson at the TNT said, as I say, I I hope that people who go to prison get a second chance. That's I mean, it is supposed to be about rehabilitation unless they're put away for life. But when you have 22 pre-hire convictions that the state of Washington knew about, When they hired this guy, then he catches five more felonies after he gets hired. And then they find out that he was stealing money from the meager accounts of these developmentally disabled people that he was supposed to be taking care of in this hospital. It's just everything about this guy through and through just is bad dude written all over it.
2: Well, yeah, but honestly, he's a criminal. That's what criminals do. He he showed them who he was. He didn't hide it. And they covered up for him. They went to bat for him in court. And then I think one of the mo- most egregious parts, and this is just government at its finest, right, is that they find out and they have ample evidence that he's stealing, like you said, this petty cash from mentally disabled people. And they don't even, you know, I understand there are union rules and you can't just fire the guy. You got to do whatever your your government investigation But they don't even put him on paid or even unpaid leave. They just move him to a different job in the same hospital where he stays for seven months before he resigns on his own.
0: Like you said, right before that, he he gets hired at $42,000 a year. And three years later, it's almost tripled that at $118,000 a year. Now, there are very few people who triple their salary in three years. There are fewer still who tripled their salary while committing 27 felonies along the way. And and everything about this is just, I'm, I'm incredulous. So then the question is, why did he get hired? Why did he stay hired as he was compiling more felonies? They find out that he's stealing. They say, well, we can't go to court on this because the the people he stole from are so developmentally disabled, they're not able to sit on the witness stand.
2: Honestly, Pierce County prosecutors, they need to rethink that. There is more than enough Ugh. to charge that guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, so everything about this is just an example of... And, and you know, I said yesterday, there are a lot of great government workers. Just in the last few days, we've had a lot of men and women who have been out in horrible conditions, restoring power and cutting trees that have fallen over roads. And we have a lot of great workers. And then you guys got got guys like this, who are just the walking, breathing stereotype of the the horrible person who gets a job, triples his salary, and is stealing from patients. I mean, it's it, it is couldn't be more of a caricature of the horrible government employee
2: well and you know sean robinson pointed out something to me because obviously that's in the area of their beat western state hospital which is in lakewood and one of the things he pointed out is he thinks they're having a really hard time hiring folks for that job but at the same time you're telling me you can't do better than a 27 time felon to to pick who's going to work around the most vulnerable citizens in our state yeah ridiculous and i would point out what really I think when I stood on this story on Tuesday and came out the other side just even angry on Wednesday was thinking about all the things that were done to keep this man gainfully employed, making six figures with the state of Washington. Well, at the same time, at the tail end of his employment, before he resigned, the state was doing everything it could to get rid of dedicated state employees for the crime of not being vaccinated. And if That's that makes such sense, a great I- point. If that makes sense to you, I-, I can't help you.
0: That is such a great point. Yeah, you. In, in, under Jay Inslee's watch, you can commit twenty-seven felonies and steal from the evil, most vulnerable people in our society, and keep a job, get richly rewarded. But if you refuse to get the vax as ordered, you get fired. It, it's that shows you exactly how screwed up things are. All right, Brandy Cruz is with us. You can see her work at patreon.com/slash undivided, including that interview with the Togovan News Tribune reporter who did a great job on this story. Hold on, Brandy. We have lots more to talk about, including the state workers, meaning our politicians, who vow to uphold the Constitution and now are working to undermine our Constitution. I'll tell you about that coming up next here on the Dory Monson Show. Yeah, it's all in the face. Lies, so hot. Keep the all right, we are back. Brandy Cruz is with us as she is every Thursday afternoon, and Brandy, every government employee or every elected official has to take an oath of office, and among that oath of office is a pledge to uphold the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of Washington. The Washington State Constitution clearly says that in state income tax is unconstitutional. There are ways to do it, but they aren't even looking at those ways. Uh, Now we have a legislature that has passed a completely unconstitutional, they call it a capital gains tax, they call it an excise tax. The IRS has already clearly said that it is an income tax so we have politicians working to lie make their oath a lie because they want to undermine the constitution and now we have a state supreme court that is telling uh everybody yeah you're gonna have to pay that tax until we decide if the tax is legal or not and if it's i mean i'll be shocked if it's found to be legal so they're going to collect tens of millions of dollars and then somehow refund all of that money to the people this is so insane to me and this too is infuriating
2: well and again and it goes back i I think it has the same shades of the story we talked about the last segment which is like government finds the most convoluted nonsensical way to operate and even if you're a supporter of a tax on capital gains and you really really want this thing to be held up at the end of the day what sense does it make while that decision is pending to force people to start paying it, to start collecting it. And then what hold it in some account until one day you might have to redistribute it back to people. That makes no sense. No, Just put the thing on pause until this is all sorted out. But as you said, you know, the IRS says that a tax on capital gains is an income tax. And I just don't see any daylight in there for like, I had Jason Mercier of the Washington policy center on my show yesterday. Uh, and he made really good points about this. Like, is Washington so enlightened that it alone and not the IRS or any other state in the union knows that a capital gains tax isn't an income tax? Like, are we just on some weird little island of our own? I'll also say one of the other good points that Jason made, so you talked about, you know, um our state not being able to have an income tax. So the only kind of income tax we can have is a flat 1% income tax. Uh, And that's why the tax on capital gains, which singles out people uh, who are wealthier, is is clearly unconstitutional. Although we'll see what the Washington State Supreme Court says. But one of the things that he pointed out, which I would encourage everyone, regardless of politics, to think about. Democrats are doing this because they want to tax the rich. You know, They want the rich to pay more of their quote unquote fair share. Mm. And they think that our tax system is regressive, which I believe there are some arguments to make about that. But you'll notice that they didn't cut taxes as part of this for the poorest people in our state. They just added taxes for the richest people in our state. But, They're just hurting high income people more.
0: Yeah, there's no offset whatsoever. And we all know that if they get that 1% flat income tax, that uh, eventually will be like California, where people are paying 10%, in some cases 13% of their income to the state. That's on top of the federal income tax. You said you don't see any daylight for this. Legally, there is none. But what they're hoping is that we have such a radical leftist state Supreme Court now that has proven on many occasions – That they don't just believe in interpreting the Constitution, but they see their role as legislating from the court bench. They see themselves as just another branch of the legislature, and if we have a Supreme Court that has decided it is activist, activist enough to ignore the state constitution, then this thing has a chance of going through.
2: Yeah. And I, I wonder if this decision for them to allow the state in the meantime to collect the tax is sort of a precursor for for what we can expect from them. But I will say this story. I know you're not a big fan of Bob Ferguson. I, I've met him many times. I think he's a nice man. I agree with you on his politics. Um, I, I worry that he goes outside the scope of his job and a lot of it is politically motivated. But. We know based on um votes that the people of Washington have taken, advisory votes and, and real votes against taxes, that they don't want an income tax. We know it is deeply unpopular in Washington state. And if Bob Ferguson is going to be the one who finally uh, fights for this and gets an income tax on the books before he runs for governor in 2024, uh, I don't know that that's going to be a good political move for him.
0: Well, he he believes it is because he just has to appease his base, and that's why. Uh, no, I I you understated my contempt for him. I think he's the most dangerous politician I've ever covered because he uses the law as a weapon, uh, depending on the the political ideology of the people he goes after. Hey, one other real quick, we just have a minute left here. But uh, down in Olympia, another story I've been all over. They've hired a school board member named Talana. Reed. Here's just a little bit of Talana Reed at a rally last year. Because f- the police, but I want to say, say their names. And it amazes me how those pigs can sit over there to watch us peacefully discuss talk about what we want changed in this in this state. And they don't pay attention until we tear f- up. So just see so, before I get started, tear everything up in this f- city until they do what we want them to do. So she says F the police. She calls police officers who are there to protect her at this rally. She calls them pigs. She says that she wants everybody at the rally to tear S up and burn this effing city down. That's the kind of role model that I think we want on our school boards.
2: It just speaks volumes. You can't find anyone else. You can't find a single other person. I mean, even Seattle voters rejected Nicole Thomas Kennedy for that exact same type of rhetoric when she ran for Seattle city attorney. And it reminds me back in 2020, I did a story on teachers that were out and about um, storming the King County jail with their students. It's like. Mm I think this is really one of the issues that Republicans underplayed going into the midterm elections is appealing to parents. Who, I, do I, don't, I don't care politically where you sit. This is ridiculous. And, and we have to do better for our kids. And I wish Republicans had just drove that message home harder.
0: Absolutely. Because this is why only 50 percent of kids can meet basic English standards in our public schools. Seventy percent. Do not meet basic math standards. It's because we've got people running the schools who care more about their social ideology than their core mission of educating kids. Very, very right on by you. All right, Brandy Cruz, you can see your work. Patreon dot com slash undivided. You were on fire today. Nice job.
2: Thank you. I just, you know, I've been sucking back coffee all day, so I guess it paid off.
0: I like Okay. All right. Go check out Brandy's work. Patreon.com slash undivided. Thank you, Brandy. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Love to hear your thoughts on all this. You can text me at 888 973 Thyro, 888-973-5476. Lots more to come. We'll check the news and then the big lead of two. Coming up next here on the Dory Monson Show. I was born in the morning. But I yesterday. Deep into your inventory is gone.